Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, the Bayou Banders. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. guys uh we are back um apologize another hiatus um you may hear my voice um working in long-term care i it's sometimes you catch things and i i caught something terrible um you know for the second time uh this season i was not able to speak barely i was dying so i apologize for that um but we're back. Um, I let them know the last episode you you caught chlamydia, and it was up to you whether or not you wanted to speak on it the next time you were on. You told them I caught chlamydia. Okay. <laughs> um. No. I no. No. Not. No. I uh. I left it kind of open ended. I you know more or less said I was said if if he wants to speak on what happened he can, but he's you know he's he's not feeling too well and kind of left it like that. Um, basically, um, we had a resident, um, who is no longer with us and they may or may not have, I don't like the, the working theory is that whatever they, whatever got to them 
was highly contagious. Um, a bunch of uh, the people in my clinical group got it and we were just dying for a couple days here. And you, like I said, you may hear my voice. I'm still a little bit out of it, but you know, it happens and it, it's a risk you take um, working in a setting like that, but you know, it is worth it because you are helping people. So yeah, had a rough couple days, but no, do not have chlamydia <laughs> or gonorrhea <laughs> or any of that disgusting stuff. So oh, thank fine. you for spreading that narrative, Corey. How are you good? Um, but luckily, uh, since I was bedridden, I was able to catch up on a lot of Habs content. And uh, we do have a lot to talk about today. So um, why don't we just jump straight into it, Corey? Do you want to start with um, Do you want to start with the game, or do you want to like start with some of our other topics today? We've kind of got a fresh, a fresh, um, fresh. Uh, I can't even think of the word right now. We got open ended here, so we can do whatever the hell we want to do. Sure, let's kind of hit since the the last episode. So first off, shout out, thank y'all uh, for listening to the last episode. Uh, I want to thank Neil Villapiana for coming on and talking about um, the Devils and what they're doing, like the strides they're taking and, you know, what the the fans had to deal with for a little while to get to a, a team that isn't just a flash in the pan competing team. Like this team's probably going to be like getting close to like the 90s, late 90s, 2000 era devil soon, um, at least on a competitive level. And uh, I thought it was a really fun conversation uh, editing it. I liked uh, I felt like it was just going to be a good episode overall. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, another note that Mason just glanced over. Um, I don't know. I don't remember doing this, uh, but I did. I, I know I did it because we saw that. But uh, apparently um, Habs Nightly is in the short. It was on a short list for. Uh, the 2023 podcast award. So uh, we don't make that list without the views and listens from our fans. And uh, despite having um, a tough season with scheduling and, and trying to, you know, give you guys content on both of our ends, um, it it means a lot to us to even be um, capable of, of doing or achieving even just a short a short list uh I, that means a lot to me and um yeah i just want to thank y'all for bearing with us and uh always always continuing to listen so uh yeah other than that mason uh yeah i think i think uh we've deprived these people of a little habs content since the last uh i think it was two episodes ago since we really talked habs so I guess let's start. Let's start there first. Uh, we have a a large list of games, and um, not technically interesting going in through every single one of them. Maybe the the most recent. Two. I I just want to go through the um, not any specific game. I just want to talk about some individual players. Um, sure. In particular, uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard. Um, I mean King King Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> This kid's yeah, look, real. <laughs> um, we saw a um French French Pavelski. That's that is a honestly, I think that's such a terrible like I don't even like not even like I'm saying that Pinard's not good. I just don't see the stylistic 
comparison, but we saw it's it not about style. It's about where he was picked. That's all. I even made a, I, I made a, just for you, I made a Pavelski comparison last episode also. Oh, Lord. I, um, <laughs> you know, we saw that um, infographic, um, his J Fresh card. He's got 100% or he's unreal. Um, Andy Romo, <laughs> it's like 98. And it's all these major analytics. Obviously, they're inflated, right? Sure. But for a guy with 12 points, eight goals in 22 games, you wonder how he's achieving that. And I think fans across the league would think, oh, it's just a flash in the pan. He's probably, you know, it's just luck. He's he not plays gonna... hard. I... Yeah, and I agree. He's not going to be 100% war next season, right? He might not even finish this year like that. But when you watch him play, you understand how he's been able to achieve that. And that's because not only is Harvey Pinard tenacious on the forward check and on the back check and in the neutral zone, you know, they constantly talk about the effort level that Harvey Pernard puts into the game. And they're correct in noticing that. But where I think analysts and commentators, even fans sell him short, is that yes, he's tenacious. And yes, he puts in every last ounce of effort. But he's also extremely effective. And, (coughs) oh, sorry. He's not just one of those players, like a Michael Pozzetta, who you say, Damn, he puts in all that effort. You know, if it's going to pay off sometimes. No, he puts in a shit ton of effort, but he's efficient with it too. He's not just skating hard, chasing guys down, disrupting them. He is being effective. He knows how to manipulate sticks. He knows how to manipulate the play. He knows what side of the body to take going into the board so that he's going to have the best angle on that puck or the best angle to lift your stick. And he does this consistently shift to shift game to game every single night and that is why you're seeing the analytics absolutely love him the players love him and the coach loves him because it's one thing to be tenacious right to be a little honey badger and go after everything Mm -hmm. that is not a trait right and it's not a unique trait on the montreal Canadiens. we have a bunch of players who do just that michael pozzetta alex belzeal Anthony Richard, who gets called up, you know, there are players who are very tenacious and there are players who are very efficient. Um, But we don't have a lot of players who are both. And that's what I think has made Harvey Pennard so successful uh, to this date. No, I think that's, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, Here's a hot take. He's what we wanted uh, I don't know. I'm afraid to get. No, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. He's he, in my opinion, he's what I wanted to see out of Jonathan Drouin. That's an interesting take. Um, I don't necessarily like I kind of see what you're saying, but in saying that, I think and it's I don't want to move on past Pinard yet, but I think like bringing up Drouin, Drouin's been very good at center lately. So I, I kind of see what you're saying, and like, I don't mean this season. Just, about just that. how what we expected to get in Jonathan Duran coming in. Well, I think we expected a little more from Duran, right? And maybe that's why fans are so disappointed. And you look at uh, mm-hmm. you look at who we gave up to get Duran, and 
I know. I don't. Yeah, a guy who's on a six. Uh, he's had six points in three games, two assists every night. Yeah, and Sergachev, you know, that deal happened before um, the Habs trade, like, made the trade, right? Mm-hmm. But so maybe, like, say what you want. I promise you I'm not capping. I remember saying, like, from day one in that draft, I thought Sergachev was the best defenseman picked. Mm-hmm. Um, look, turns out, I was wrong because Adam Fox and Charlie McAvoy are both in that draft. Right? Unreal. But at the time, you had guys like Oli Uolivi in that draft class. Um, who else was up there? Um, there's one more. There was like Jake Bean, uh, yeah, Dante Fabro. You had you that was and there's a, been a lot of good defensemen out of that draft class. Sergachev has lived up to that ninth overall pick. He's been very, oh, very fantastic. And so I think that's why fans get frustrated with Druen. But realistically, when Druen has played, I think Druen's been very good. But to get back to Harvey Pennard, um he deserves every bit of extra conversations, uh, any fan love. Extra minutes on ice. He's. I think that. Sorry, continue. No, he's just the perfect Canadian right now. He's doing everything right. You know. I think Harvey Pinard has the potential to be a second line player. And that might be a little bit of a hot take. And I think that is being very, it's, it's a positive outlook, right? I think it's not that I think it's not that hard to believe, honestly. I think that what Rafael Harvey Pinard is doing is proving just how important it is at like depth depth draft picks, like not giving away everything. Like, yeah, not everyone's gonna pan out, but there are these fantastic players that get overlooked for some, you know. Well, I think Harvey Pinard is the example of long-term development. Mm-hmm. That's a great And I think in today's NHL, if a player is 23 and he hasn't made it, often or not, team, you know, fans and teams now look at that guy and say he's he's past that peak growth. And they're not necessarily wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But I think in the former NHL landscape, um, even like just a few years ago, guys had more time to grow. And yes, the NHL is getting younger, but not every player can be Connor McDavid and, you know, be effective right out of the, the gun. Not every player can be a Quinn Hughes or a Kale McCarr who immediately make an impact or even a less, less high profile player like a Sergachev who at 18 years old, put up 40 points and continues to put up 40, 30 points as a defenseman. Right. Right. Not every player can do that. And in the case of Harvey Pinard, he took a, what, what would you call a quote unquote, more traditional path to the NHL? He was drafted in 2019, finished his junior career, went to the AHL, slowly progressed, started putting up a point per game, got some call-ups last year, Went back down this year, got called up again, and he's looking to fight for a spot at 24. 
that is a more traditional way that players made the NHL. And I think what serves Pinard well is that, you know, we talk about how he's tenacious, the effect being efficient in the NHL, I think is maybe one of the most critical things you can do because for a player like Pinard, especially who is going to have limited ice time at points in his career, right? He's going to start on the third, fourth line. You have to make do with what you have. And a lot, even a lot of high impact offensive players are not efficient. You look at a guy like um, Druen for, I know actually Druen's a bad example. I'll use a, um, a Mike Hoffman, a Dennis Gurionov, for example, okay. who in Dallas couldn't on the third line without those looks, he couldn't get it going offensively. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a player that needs minutes. Mike Hoffman is absolutely a player that needs minutes. Um, Pennard is not. Pennard will go out there and make effective, efficient plays with the minutes he is given. And couple that with the fact that, and Corey, you may disagree with me. I think he's very, he's one of those players. And if you've played a sport, there's always that guy at any level that maybe he doesn't have the best shot. Maybe he doesn't have the best hockey IQ. Maybe he doesn't have the best passing ability, speed, whatever. He might be a thoroughly above average player. You know what I mean? Not elite, whatever. Sure. But for some reason, when you put that guy with your star player, he knows he can do anything to elevate him. Kind of similar to a Joshua Wall that we saw in the World Juniors where he's just consistently being played with Bedard and right, right? To mm-hmm. elevate them. Harvey Pinard absolutely possesses that ability. And when you possess that ability, coupled with the fact that you're an elite four checker and you understand that your role on that line is to get the pucks and feed it to Suzuki and then get open. That is why Pinard has scored eight goals, right? Since he's been called up because understands his role on any given line. And I think that's something that I think you lose that kind of, we talk about pro sports, people kind of forget about those simple things in sports, right? And it's always important to know your role. And I think some NHL players don't, right? You get guys that maybe they were star players in junior and they want to be a star player in the NHL. Harvey Pinard seems to me knows his role very well, knows what to do to um, do excel in that role. And I think mm-hmm. he's going to take it and fly with it personally. I think we're going to see Pennard absolutely start in the NHL next year. And I, I think he could start on the third line, but if he's a, sec- a solid second line guy for the Habs next year, or even two years in the future, I won't be this surprised. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the right, the writing's absolutely on the wall um, mm. for this player to succeed. I think too, like, Marty St. Louis loves him too, right? So he's going to get all the opportunities right. to do well. No, absolutely. I think you, I think you're spot on with that. Um, another comparable to Joe Pavelski. I'm just talking with you. No, they were picked very close uh, together. Um, no, man, I think you nailed it on the head, though. It doesn't matter. 
there's player like Dennis Gurionov that needs the minutes. And then, you know, you just gave me a check mark that I was correct two episodes ago about Dennis Gurionov. And you didn't even know that you you've made uh I don't know how to say it, whatever. Uh <laughs> what did I make the same point as you? No, that you belittled my point and saying that he was gonna be a washout and you're just more or less saying a more in- intelligent way of what I said two weeks ago, um, or last week. Yeah, no. I'm not calling. I'm not calling Green <laughs> off a wash. No, you were just saying you don't expect much of him. Um, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you, dude. Uh, but anyway, you said it right though. He, he's gonna take whatever minutes he's given, and he's gonna give the best effort out there. And that, I don't know what other way to describe how potent that kid is than, than just that statement that it doesn't matter what you do when he gets his time out there, he's going to make the most of it. And chances are it's going to lead to something for us. His war is definitely, you know, not balanced right now, but it is something that we should all be excited for. I mean, if you listen to Matt Drake, him and probably the next guy we'll go into has been like the number one silver linings or player of the game every, every fucking night. They just, and Harvey Pinard's just well, in his just, account, he's, he's just, fun, he's that's what he does. To watch, right. Like, yeah. And a- he's got that love too. You know, like he's excited to be out there always smiling. Um, I don't know. He's just like, he just oozes like uh, a Montreal Canadian, like star. I wouldn't, I don't want to call him a star. Like for me, I think if you're comfortable with that, I I don't think, I don't think you have to be successful to be called a Montreal Canadian star. I think he is like that fan. He's going to take on that fan role. I would argue that you're being a little too, um, too nice to him. Too loving. Yeah. But I will agree that he could absolutely become a Habs favorite. I, I don't disagree with that sentiment at all. Um, now, and we're talking about Habs players, and I, I don't know who you're alluding to. It's Mike um, Matheson. But I was going to say Mike Unreal Matheson. Mike Matheson. So <laughs> there's been a lot of discourse lately over um, Mike Matheson. I think that a lot of people, like, it's weird. They see someone succeeding, and there's this weird mindset with the team right now, or the fans. Mm-hmm. That if someone has any sort of value, we should immediately ship them to Guantanamo Bay. No, this guy needs to stick around. Draft pick or any pick. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Mike Matheson, and I know you absolutely agree, I full-heartedly disagree. Mike Matheson is not only like been playing out of his fucking mind. I, I'm just checking his stats now. He doesn't have a point in the last three games. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to tell you that because he's been so impactful in other aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's 29 years old, skates like the fucking wind, and he signed long term. I just don't think this is a player that we need to lose. And fans point to the fact that you know you need to make space for the young guys. Habs had three rookie defensemen playing in their starting lineup this year. Okay, we've had 
four rookies in and out of the lineup consistently. Um, Baron, Jack Guy, Gooley, Harris. Look, you can't. I know people think that you can completely tear it down and just play young guys. It doesn't work. Okay. That's what's happened. Edmonton, for all their star plower, has tried that strategy for years and look where they are. They have the two best players in the world and they might not make the playoffs. Buffalo has been trying it for years. When they finally started to get some success here, it's because they paired veterans with those players. Um, we see it in Ottawa too. Ottawa is a phenomenal team, but until they have a better vet veteran presence, they're not going to do well, right? You need those veteran guys to help shelter your rookies. And, you know, people, I think people get this misconception, at least Habs fans, that sheltering means stealing minutes. No, what it means is if Caden Gooley's having a bad night and the whole team's having a bad night and, you know, we're playing Edmonton, sending him out there on the first pairing to get burned by fucking Connor McDavid eight times isn't going to teach him anything, right? Someone's got to get burned by Connor McDavid, though. So it might as well be fucking David Savard or Mike Matheson, right? <laughs> and the other, and I think this is the most important aspect that people are forgetting. And I think this is crucial. They say, oh, we need to play our young guys, okay? We need to play our young D. We can't have Joel Edmondson and David Savard or Mike Matheson. Mike Matheson in particular, he's going to eat minutes and we could get something for him. Sure, you could get something for Mike Matheson. But as good as our young DR and as good as I think they will be, you're forgetting about the development of our young forwards. And possession in hockey is crucial, okay? It's crucial to the style the Habs play as well. And it's crucial for the types of players we have. Kirby Dock and Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, they need the puck on their stick. If you can't make a fucking breakout pass, right? If you right. can't get the puck to those young forwards, they're not going to develop. And what is Mike Matheson really, really, really fucking good at? Puck retrievals and entries. <laughs> so if you limit the Habs' ability on the back end to do that, you're also limiting the ability of their forwards to grow. So... I understand why people don't want, you know, a David Savard or Joel Edmondson and Mike Math. You don't want all three of them. I kind of get it. But Mike Matheson, a player that actually has value and is young and, you know, is providing so much to the team is not the player you, you get rid of, right? Like you, you have to, <coughs> excuse me, look at it and kind of, fit the pieces together. I think Mike Matheson is not only important on our D to provide, you know, a great partner for other players uh, to be a presence in overtime and the power play. But I think he's even more crucial for our forward core because he is able to jump into the, uh, jump into the rush, get pucks into the offensive zone, make these great breakout passes and, like we've seen lately, provide a little star power, dancing through guys, spinning off of them, scoring great goals. I just, I think this is a guy who is also a, a home, like native Montrealer. Um, this is a player that 
Kent Hughes will, and I think absolutely should keep for a couple of years. And I think this is a guy that if we do the rebuild, right, could be on this team in the future. I don't think that's out of line or irrational to say. No, I, th- I don't think it is either. Um, you know, for me, whoever's saying that he should be moved immediately and to piggyback on you, what you said about needing to keep him, uh, all Mike Matheson did, and I don't think he's going to be here by the end of his, his term. I think he's going to be here a while. Um, but if, if, if the, if the conversation to the, the brain dead ones are that we need space for the young guys, like you said, well, Mike Matheson has made David Savard, Big Ed, fuck, I don't care, Jonathan Kovacevic, more or less. I totally forgot about Kovacevic. Those, those, are, the, those are the guys that I would move before Mike Matheson. If, if we want to keep young guys out there, Mike Matheson isn't the one to move. Joel Edmondson, uh, as much as I loved him, he's less valuable. David Savard's definitely less valuable uh, than Mike Matheson. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and try to pretend like it would make sense to move Mike. Um, it just doesn't for this team, for me at least, and. Um, I don't know. I, I I think I think he just fits in too well, um, beyond just the fan base. Uh, fantastic player. He's been more or less the shining star of this team, and you know, with with all of our, you know, our other two big rookie defensemen being out, Mike Matheson had had been injured, very injury prone in the beginning of the season. So I can understand why a lot of people, because we've never seen much of him are keen to just move move on from him but I'll take that risk with Mike Matheson yeah he could he could get hurt but uh just seeing what he's capable of and being you know I think his plus is his offensive play but defensively he is unreally sound he makes all of our forwards better and then just the icing on the cake is he's got filthy hands so I don't I don't see I don't see why people are saying we move on from him. He's not going to get us if we move him. He's not getting us um, Connor Bedar. So what's the point? Why move him? Move someone else that'll just get us a better a better pick. You know later. I think that like having a long term perspective on the Canadians is good, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people are trying to do when they think about moving Mike Matheson. But I almost feel like it's a short, you're looking short term, like it's short sighted because maybe that first round pick will help you, but we're past the point of having nothing, right? The cupboards aren't bare with our prospects. So Mike Matheson is the guy I want to help the young prospects that come up because we have a a warehouse. He's the guy I want helping them. What I want to interject here too is I don't think the Habs have the guy 
yet, right? Sure. I'll be honest. I don't think Slavkovsky has shown me yet, and I hope he proves me wrong next year. He hasn't proven to me I, or I think anyone that he's going to be a superstar. I, I think that's very fair to say, and I'm not a Slav hater. I think we're very generous to him on this show. Mm-hmm. We kind of accepted him, and we said, look, we're going to support him, and we'll see where it goes before I call him, before I label him anything. The Habs need to get that guy in this draft. That is my honest opinion. But what I think fans are forgetting is that I I truly believe that is the piece we need. That is the, do we need more in the draft? Yes. But I think that is the only major, 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 big draft piece we need because we have Nick Suzuki, who I, despite what people say, I think can be a legitimate 1C, but hopefully after this draft is a 2C. We have Kirby Doc, who is a legitimate 2C, and I think projects, has a higher ceiling possibly than Nick Suzuki in terms of potential at the center position. Can also go to wing, whatever. We have, and then hopefully whoever we add is a center prospect this year, right? A good center. Mm -hmm. Or even an elite winger. Either or I think would be what, what could push this team over the edge. Couple that you've got your elite goal scorer in Cole Caulfield. Whatever you know, Slap might turn not turn into a superstar. I think he's gonna be a first line player. You've got that big winger who I think is gonna put up at least seven. I do do believe he's a 70 point player. Right now, I think he has that potential. You've got your power play offensive, you know, amazing defenseman in lane hudson you've got Caden gooley who i think is going to be a good number two um you have uh crap jordan harris who i think can be a second pairing second power play guy if it's not gooley i think ideally you want to get another defenseman in there but you have you know jack eye and baron who's looking phenomenal and possibly matheson right Mm-hmm. what this team needs like i said is just that one player so shipping out matheson for potentially a second or a low first round pick i don't think is gonna you know what i mean i just don't think the benefit outweighs what you're losing and that is you know a player that can really help in the development of um, the Habs current forwards no, but I, I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, in talking about um, the draft, I do think um, we haven't spoken about it in a bit, so I'd like to cover that a little bit. But before we get to that, um, I do think that we have a message um, from our friends, DraftKings. Absolutely. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. 
Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Y'all remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, Mason, we're back. I think uh, the last bit on the the last little topic, you uh, you you did him justice, but I think you meant to say uh, Kirby Doc, the most uh, versatile forward on the Montreal Canadiens. That would that would be the only ad I would I would I would throw your way. I'm sorry, Kirby Doc. I was like looking up. Uh, oh, you're fine. You're fine. No stats. No, no, no. You you said uh, you know he's he could ha- potentially have a higher ceiling than Nick Suzuki at center, and then you said and he could play on the wing. I think what you meant to say was he is the most versatile forward we have. He can do it all. I think that's a very fair assessment of Kirby Doc. Versatile, I think, is a perfect way to describe him. Um, just in everything that he sort of showed provides, us, capable, right? <laughs> capable of. No, absolutely. I think, um, I like I said, I think it's it's very difficult. Kirby Doc has, but the way he was playing before he went down, and the way Suzuki has. Um, mm-hmm. really, realistically, who the fuck is Suzuki playing with, right? He's sort of had some difficulty. Um, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's out of the question that Kirby Doc could absolutely, um, well, live I think, up to that I think into there, Suzuki's, right? uh, no, sure, absolutely. I think he's going to, and it's going to be amazing to, for him to do it with this team. Um, well, and and sorry, and if two years ago you said that Kirby Doc was going to be a better player than Nick Suzuki, no one would have batted an eye, right? No. Because he was drafted third overall in a good draft. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's... I think on for Suzuki, though, um, it is for everyone's knowledge just to see how good he is at... It doesn't matter who's on his line. He's going to make, you know, he's going to have off nights, but he can work with anybody and get get the job done. So I think that that's one thing we, you know, if, if, if anyone has anything negative to say about Nick Suzuki, the fact that his entire line for two seasons now have have more or less been just thrown to the thrown to the wind. And he's just been given pieces that work because everyone's hurt and continues to have a, a terrific season. I think that's very admirable and speaks to his level of uh, capabilities. No, oh, absolutely. Um, and in Oh, shit. What's up? Uh, Tankathon. I just simmed it. And uh, because Florida sucks. And now we're, we're looking like it's the 15th overall pick. Uh, simmed it. Simmed it twice. Canadians go up five spots, get the number one pick. How are you? How are you? Um, yeah, so in talking about the draft, um, like I said, hopefully the Habs are acquiring a really, 
really, really, really, really, really good center. <laughs> and, um, you know, we had Sebastian High on a while ago and we spoke about a lot of the players. And look, the forward core in this draft is phenomenal. And there are a lot of really good centers at the top end. Um, Zach Benson, even, who's listed as a winger, um, has played center for the Winnipeg Ice. Um, and has looked Who's very dominating. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I think, I don't think the Habs are going to draft Connor Bedard. Let's, let's, let's put that out of the way. Yeah. Right? Let's, let's actually look at the more achievable things. But, um, and this is something that you spoke about um, off camera right before we started. Habs have lost six games in a row. Oh, I'm um, glad we went back to that. What's up? I said, I'm glad we went back to that. Yeah. And unfortunately, we've got a couple loser points lately, but Arizona, same amount of games, one point behind us. They've been winning. Anaheim Ducks, five points behind us. Chicago are eight. If we can get in the top five, that is awesome. I really do think, I don't think the Habs were going to finish. I think it'd be hard. You're hard pressed to finish bottom last, uh, bottom three, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of things have to go wrong. And granted, a lot has gone wrong for the Habs this year. Um, but you know, goaltending has kind of been our bane. It's 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 sucked for us. We've had some really good goalies. Um, it just that's it's that's what a- happens when you have the best, and then he is no more. We're just scrambling. We've never had to really have us. A- a solid backup for him, you know? Well, no, I think the issue is we have a very solid, we had a very solid capable backup in Jake Allen and Montebo has also proved himself. Right. Um, but what I'll say is we're not, it's not, un, we're not totally fucked, I guess is the way to put it. Like we were before. It's not like these teams aren't, it's, I find it weird to say catchable, but, but, San Jose and Chicago are both catchable. They're eight points back. That's four wins. Mm-hmm. The Habs continue to lose, or or that's four wins or eight overtime losses. However you want to look at it, right? <laughs> Chicago's done. Chicago's been winning games decently lately. Arizona's been winning games. Anaheim is five, two, and three. Their last ten. Um, mm-hmm. If Montreal can is going to remain hurt here. And we've seen Jordan Harris go down and, you know, look, I think there's like three players, not, not other than the goal. No, two forwards. What was it the other night? It was like three forwards. And then the two goalies, those are the only players left from the starting lineup at the start of the season that are playing right now. And then Gooley came back. So maybe it's a little bit more, but Mm -hmm. We're playing with nothing, basically. Spare parts. I think the Habs could very much be in the position to draft top five this year. Mm-hmm. Whether that's fifth, fourth, I think third is what we can, I think, best wish for. Or sorry, we're probably not, uh, sorry. I don't think we're going to fall into third, but I think. Four to six. Oh, I meant okay. to say second. second is like our best bet. I don't think we're going to win the lottery, right? We have a better chance at winning second. 
Um, there's no third draft of lottery anymore, right? They've eliminated that. Mm-hmm. So I think Habs could draft either two or four to six. And even if we get four to six, you're getting a player who, you know, if you go by Sebastian's list, four to six range is Benson, Carlson, or Crystal. And realistically, Mishkov, right? Yeah, because a lot of people are probably going to pass on him simply because he's got another three years, if I'm not mistaken, in Russia. Yeah. Um, Would the Habs be a team that takes him? That's not something we can guarantee, right? But Good Lord, if he falls the 15th, he will. (laughs) Well, and here's where I want to – I'm going to make a point that could bite me in the ass, okay? But I feel confident in making it. Yeah. Sort of. I feel sort of confident in making it. Um, <coughs> sorry. Habs director of scouting, Nick Bobrov, um, has received a lot of hate recently on Habs Twitter. Um, people pulling up his draft history. And mm-hmm. he's a European guy. And people are saying, look at all these busts. The, the Rangers drafted high and blah, 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 blah. And I sort of get what they're talking about. You've got like Lafreniere, but I think he's starting to produce um, Capocaco, Vitaly Kravstov, Lias Anderson, Philip Keitel. These are guys that were drafted under Bob Rob, with Bob Rob, right? But what I want to point out and i think it could help the habs in terms of drafting a guy like mishkov rangers first round picks lias anderson came from sweden in europe philip keitel came from europe czech guy nils lundqvist came from sweden vitaly kraftstov russian capo kako finnish and the other two or three three of the other However, main there was only three others that he drafted that were North American. Mm-hmm. His expertise is in Europe and in in Russia, and he worked for Ska, the team that Mishkov is. Well, he's loaned from Ska. He's an sure. associate. Now. Yeah, I would assume that Mishkov is a player Bavrov is very familiar with. I am positive he probably has connections in Russia who are even more familiar with the player. I don't think the Habs passing on Mishkov is something I'm that worried about. Honestly, I think with Chris Boucher there um, to provide the analytics with the Habs, you know, people say Habs drafted slap based on size. Was it a part of it? Yeah. I think the Habs genuinely just think he's the best player. Do I kind of disagree with that? You know what I mean? I disagree with their assessment, but I don't think, the Habs drafted him because there's that one idiot that called him a big horse, right? I don't think that's why the Habs drafted them. Um, you may disagree, Corey. Yeah, I'm just keep going. <laughs> but I'll, yeah, so I'll, I don't think that they I still drafted, like him. <laughs> I don't think they drafted him because he's big. I think they genuinely believe he's the best player. And you couple that with the fact they drafted Lane Hudson, he's undersized. Mm-hmm. They drafted Philip Mayshar who they, you know, Europe, another, like, also look where we went just last draft. Our first two picks were European. Right. 
if Matvey Mishkov is on the fucking board, the Habs are picking him. I, I'm going to, I believe that. I'm putting my foot down. I think it's highly likely that if he's there, the Habs will pick him. I want to believe that. And I think there is evidence to support that. And I say this and I know it could probably bite me in the ass, right? If the Habs pass on him and there's this clip of me saying this, dear fucking God, but I'm going to fucking say it. I think the Habs draft him. So in saying that, I think it puts a new perspective and a more positive outlook on the draft for us. If we hear rumors of Mishkov drafting, I don't think we should be worried. I think we should be happy, right? Um, so I, I really do think, like, I don't think the world's falling down, as a lot of people think. You know, we're not going to get Connor Bedard. We're probably not going to get Adam Fantilli. But I That's think okay. we have a shot at Matt Vemishkov. I think we have a shot at Leo Carlson, Zach Benson, who in other drafts could have definitely, like, what did Sebastian say um, when he was on? Like, he would pick five players in this draft, first overall, last year. Yeah. We're fine, guys. We're fine. So... I'm excited uh, for this draft more than ever now. Um, and like I said, if the Habs can keep losing, that's awesome. But I think, guys, I think we have a shot at a really, really good superstar talent, Matt Vemishkov. And like the rumors that he falls, I think benefit us more than ever because like Habs aren't going to be drafting first. So if he, if you're hearing Mishkov might fall, get excited because that. It could be falling right into our lap. I hope. I hope that he fucking falls hard because I want our pick, our top pick, to be Zach Benson. And I'm not going to fall off that log anytime soon. You would pick Benson over Mishkov? I just don't know. I don't know. I think, I think not using my brain... I'm going Zach Benson. I'm going with who I like personally. Um, but no, it's hard. It's hard not to pass up on uh, Matvey because, I mean, look, dude, he's gonna go play. I, I'm I'm gonna say three years with SKA. Well, if he goes back to them, you know, like you said, he's with uh, insert name right now, getting time, but he's gonna go play at probably the second highest level of hockey there is. He's going to do that for three years. He's going to get conditioning there. He's going to come over and uh, have an edge on a lot of guys. And I think I think there's something strong in that. And I think it also leaves you with the ability to know you have something on the back burner. Like he's not – Sebastian said he is not ready for the NHL right now. So – that's kind of perfect in his regards because he's not coming over anytime soon. Well, neither would Mishkov. No, no, no. That's who I'm talking about. Oh, sorry. I'm not, I'm not talking Benson. No, no, no. I'm talking, I'm talking Matt Bay Mishkov right now, um, which is like, you know, two hour benefit. He's not ready, but he's going to keep playing at the highest level. Oh, which... oh, sorry. Let's fucking go. Dolphins get Jalen Ramsey. Sorry, um, I, I know how? you don't give a shit. It's football, but Jalen Ramsey. 
Who's Jalen Ramsey? Like the best cornerback in the fucking league. Oh, was he with the Saints? Uh, he was for a bit, I think. Yeah. Or no, he was with the uh, Jalen. Fuck, Ramsey. actually, wasn't he with the Carolina? Jaguars? Carolina. No, he's with the Jaguars first. He he's on the Rams right now. He, he was the like, shit. Was he the shit starter? Like he was like. Yeah, he's like the guy okay. that said he yeah. could play in the NHL. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that dude. Good for but you. He's fucking legit. Good for you. Who's your quarterback? Uh, to a tag of Aloha. Oh, good luck. Uh, <laughs> might be Tom Brady. <laughs> Don't know how I feel about that. I think I think each one of them's got uh nothing on the table. But who do I, who do I care? My my guy is getting I think tagged so that he doesn't get lost, and then the Saints are just you, picking up guys that make no yeah, sense. You're sorry, you're losing fucking Lamar Jackson, which is hilarious. Just pay the man. Yeah, but the Ravens, you know, they're silly. That's why I don't watch. That's why I don't watch football. And now I won't ever have to work the games again. And then there's there there could be a chance for football to to find love in my heart once more. But I think it's going to take a while, just like it took like four years for me to want to eat crawfish after peeling 100 pounds of crawfish every weekend uh, while I worked at the bar. Uh, I think it'll take time. But no, good for you, man. Hopefully that solidifies a, a team that I personally would love to see dominate. Uh, you just got to get y'all a little bit more help. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited. Only awesome. a third pick, but uh, oh, that's great. To- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so to hockey, I and I'm trying to stop talking in a circle. Anyway, but Matt Bay, uh, it's a benefit for us. If I'm I'm not upset if we don't get Benson because Matt Bay's on the board. I'm upset if we don't get Benson and he's and Matt Bay's off the board already and Fentelli. Um, well, obviously, I think, I think for me, Benson's fifth. Okay, um, I'm still a Leo Carlson guy personally. Okay, I, I, I look so, somebody. It's hard for me not to love a guy like Zach Benson when you see all of these different positions he's capable of, and then we can I can just solidify him as a Corey, uh, a check of approval of versatility. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, Matt Bay is like the perfect example. Like he's the biggest um, rolling of the dice. But so is like, I, I don't know. Every every first round pick guy is always a roll of the dice. But uh, I think Matt Bay's got the most potential considering he's not ready. We know that he's going to go play at the second highest level uh, in the world. And then when he's more or less coming out of his hyperbolic chamber, he can just be drag and dropped over here by us. And God, if he's anything like Karol Kaprizov, um, I think we will have something special. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think we're seeing the second coming of that guy anytime soon. But um, if we can get any any level of a you know a, a rookie that'll be twenty something years old uh, and just dominate. It'd be unreal. I think the last person, Jesus. Um, I think the last person that really did that, other than 
Kaprizov was uh, Zubov. And I think they had to change the rules about who was eligible uh, because of Zubov for the Calder. Uh, it wasn't Zubov. It was um, – oh, fuck. What's his name? It was um, – fuck. Sorry, let me think. I've, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. It's Zubov. It's it can't be Zubov. It's Zubov. No. I thought it was um is it Makarov? What's his name? Macaroni. In the chicky strips. Oh my god, no. Like he's like a Ooh. Russian legend. He came Changed over the age for Calder B N H L Sergey Makarov Sergey Makarov yeah you didn't get it you didn't get it because you didn't know his name I, you didn't I know his name Makarov no you, you didn't get it but you were close what are you on about I I'll give you a half a point I'll give you a half a point oh you are so full of shit I'll I give said you, Makarov <laughs> I'll give you a half I said Mac. You said fucking Zubov. You, you didn't know his name. You didn't know his name. I said Makarov. Okay, but you didn't know it. I literally said his name. Mm-hmm. Full name? He like he fucking joined the <laughs> NHL. Scored like a point a game. He was like thirty-one. He was thirty-one years old in the 89-90 season with. Yeah, Flames. fuck off for you Calgary. Too, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you're acting like I didn't know who I knew who it was. Let's look him up. Zubov has got to be one of my favorite, hands down favorite players of all time. But didn't Zubov play in the NHL for like his entire career? He started at the age of 22. He never won the Calder. You thought a a 22 year old (laughs) was the oldest NHL rookie. Hey, man, you know. Too much, too much weed, too much acid in my life, man. You know, things just kind of slip in, and I just insert Jesus favorite favorite Christ. players. Zubov had eighty nine points his second season in the NHL. Yeah, so he never won the Calder. Wasn't even um, capable of it, apparently. Oh, he didn't win the Calder. No, he didn't. Even, I don't even know where. I just I pulled that out. I pulled that out hard, and you know why? Um, when I was first starting with the Bayou Benders thing. Well, with a shitty partner, um, I was doing all you know, like the count, the countdown to uh, the new season, and Zubov obviously was my guy for. I think I did number fifty six was Zubov, yeah, because that was his fucking un. That was his number for Dallas, and and I loved him in Dallas, um, and he had an unreal career, and I just remember. It like writing that more or less paper made me just realize or like rekindle my love for this guy. So, yeah, Um, I'm sorry. Maybe we'll give you a full point and we'll take a we'll take a point away from me. uh, With with the uh, with the Calder oldest with Makarov. 
that's it like i got that and i will you, not take you tried there. you tried but i inserted a foot in my mouth by bringing this up so it doesn't matter my opinion anymore only thing that matters is sergey zubov was just absolute filth and then he continued his career after the nhl went back to i think russia and then continued to kill it but uh we're starting to get off topic uh and well that usually means we've and we're getting pretty close of me uh going to work but look let's let's do one more mock draft let's sim it we have risen to second overall with adam fentilli adam and 15th from florida bastards uh with mckay hill Gul Yeyev. I'm gonna assume you push it that Gul Yeyev, maybe Gul Yeyev. I want to see uh, Mikhail Gul Yeyev. Are you talking about Mikhail Guliev, like sure. the defenseman? Yeah, G U L Y A Y E V. Mikhail Guliev. Yeah, I said it pretty close. I got pretty good at that one. <laughs> So, yeah, folks, there's something to look forward to. So we're going to draft anywhere from two or four or five six. And uh, if we draft two, we're probably going to get Fantilli because why would you not? And if we draft four or five six, we're going to just take uh, Zach Benson because he'll be taken third overall. And we won't even look at Leo Carlson. Just the spike Mason. All right. Well, um... <laughs> Take us out. Take us out. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you guys for stopping by listening. Um, appreciate all the support. As always, you can find us at Habs Nightly at the Bayou Betters on Twitter, and check out any other uh, THPN podcasts as well. Um, you know, Neil, great friend of the show. Um, even um, those dirty fucking Arizona Coyotes fans, Corey and Richie, they've got a great one too. Oh, but- they're coming. They're coming on, and I just got to make sure you're there so you can get berated on your own podcast again for talking so much shit i you know what i think it's to the point that they'll agree with me those are my favorites i can just sit back and Corey just unspools a web of hate well anyway um appreciate once again the support and we'll talk to you guys later talk to y'all next time thank y'all You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.